previously on the Hired Swords. As you approach the camp, you see two of the hunters you had met before you left, sitting there looking kind of uh, distressed and disgraced as they sit there with their heads down. And beyond the camp, there is the Tower of Testing, where you know you are to turn in your stuff. Which which hunters was it? To Wild Hill. You see Marias and and Edie sitting there. Edie says, any of your help would be greatly appreciated. I, I don't know if we could handle it on our own and if there are owlbears if they're there and this creature I don't know that we can handle it just the two of us how far out is it from here just a day's travel if you wouldn't mind giving us an hour to finish up here then uh, maybe we can go out and help you try and find your friend Listening to the Hired Swords, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast where. Mom, I'm just trying to play with my friends! God! So you walk towards the Tower of Testing, past the statue. On your way there, you also pass the nobleman's barracks where you see those who look kind of uh, well-to-do and kind of rich. I'm going to take a look at the statue as we pass by it. Does it look like anybody we've seen in town by any chance? It does not. Uh, the statue is someone with a... They've got a bow strapped to their back. They look like a, a forest dweller kind of, uh, kind of warrior, an elf tall it's a tall tall tower but just judging from the the bow and the weapons that it's that it's carrying uh this was also a very tall pretty tall elven man uh, but this is a yeah statue of him so is there any sort of a plaque or anything on the bottom there's not no and that okay. the 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 thing looks very very old the 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 statue does it's very worn and and kind of uh, weather worn and stuff So if you continue to the Tower of Testing, uh, when you approach the tower, there is a the this small halfling man greets you at the entrance, calls kind of beckons you up the steps and opens the door for you to go inside and waits for you to walk in. Are you all just going to go ahead? So so I'm in a snark uh, or a snarkily kind of uh the these uh these won't fit inside. He says, oh, well, well, okay. Um, And he uh, opens the other side of the door to where it's like a big double door thing to open. And uh, he says, try, try. Uh, Wait, which who is it? It's the Southland guy. Sorry, my bad. He he says, uh, oh, okay. Sorry about that. And he opens the other door to where it's this big double door is open. And he says, and he says, try it now, please. I am just a rush with fantasy. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I forgot the guy's just, voice for a second. I forgot who we were talking does it, to. Does it look like the antlers will actually fit through? Yes. This the the, the double door is opened. Yeah. Okay. I will help them uh, get it inside. Very friends getting the couch around the corner of the staircase. <laughs> 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 nice. Whoosh. 
Yeah. Help Jack. him! Jack just looking super annoyed. Like, oh, cool, we're going to deliver it. Let's go through the front door. That No. Oh, God, there's a garage. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but we get it inside. All right. So you go room. in. The, the inner workings of this tower are simpler than you would have thought. Uh, there's a wood floor, wooden tables and chairs lining the circular walls to your right. Uh, the door to your or to your left is there's a small library, just several bookshelves with uh, three round tables surrounded by chairs sitting nearby. The tables have several books opened up on them. There's some parchments, inkwells and pens laying nearby. Uh, there's a, a red rug going through the middle of this of this round room. Uh, and the walls are made of hide with wood beams that go up all the way to the upper floor. The up, there's an upper floor held up by large posts in the center of the room. And there are stairs on the left side behind the bookcases behind the library. Uh, inside, uh, just beyond the library and the tables to your right, you see uh, the chief and two women standing near him. Uh, he's sitting oh. on a throne-like chair on a platform at the back of the room. And he's sipping from a large silver cup. Were you going to say something, Gwen? Uh, no. Okay. I was just surprised by the two women standing next to him. Okay. Uh, when you walk in, he stands. He puts his hands into his, one of his hands into a fist and he beats his chest three times. And he smiles and says, Welcome, hunters. I can see that your mission was successful. Please sit. Drink. And he motions to the tables over to his left and your right. There's three tables there with benches. One of the women, uh, the, the, there's an elven woman to his left. She jumps down off the platform and... Uh, turns and grabs a large tray with some mugs on it and walks towards you, sets the tray down on a nearby table, pours mead into each mug, and walks. Uh, and then puts the meat, the mead down there for you to sit and enjoy at the table. And uh, turns, walks back to the chief and stands near him. Um, her and the chief and the other woman standing there, uh, they, they are standing listening, or looking at you, and the chief continues, and he says, Please, 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 tell me of your journey. Tell me of your travels and, and your encounter with this beast. Well, uh, as you can see, we have did what we were asked to do. Uh, it took us a couple of days to get there, but we didn't really have any issues for the most part. It was a big thing, a lot bigger than I was expecting it to be. Um, But, you know, here we are now. I'm not sure exactly what, what exactly you want to hear from us. Uh, well, I, I'm saying... Uh, it, Looks to be quite big based on the uh, rack you've brought. Please, please, uh, bring that forward. Bring it closer so I may see. I quit. <laughs> Just lost yes. my mind. Sorry. <laughs> That's <okay>. I'm loading. <laughs> <laughs> Buffering. Uh, <laughs> Gwen, Gwen steps a little forward shyly. What, why did, did we go on this hunt? What what use of these antlers do you need them? Well, yeah, take a look at my collection. And he motions uh, and up. If you look up uh, a kind of up above near where the second level is of this uh, this place, you it's kind of too high up to just notice as you walk in. But now he as he points it out to you, you can see hanging up on the on some like placards and stuff up above on the top level of this of this tower up there there's there are trophies mounted uh, antlers and heads and things of of creatures you see 
some you see like an elk head you see some uh, the a bear head you see a couple taxidermied creatures it's kind of like bass pro shop stuff going on up there and uh, you can see that <laughs> and he says he says what I, I must say first of all the balance of the forest depended on this this elk be, being uh, being eliminated so that the herd could be thinned out more than it is naturally and and it's very important for this area that that happens secondly uh, this is going to make a fine trophy, don't you think? Well, uh, in my experience when it comes to hunting is you kind of keep the trophies of your own rewards. Uh, you didn't really go out and do anything to do learn this, you know? Well, you're not wrong. You are a clever one, I can see. But let me tell you, that's what this is for. And he reaches back and the other woman who didn't pour you the glass of the glasses of mead, she grabs a large uh, baggie like sack and tosses it to him and he grabs it and he tosses it on the floor in front of you and it hits the ground with like a like a uh, like a little bit of a, a coins you know shattering on the or, or splattering on the ground and they uh, several gold coins fall out of the top of it and they kind of skitter across and he's like there you are your reward plus a status as hired swords of wild hill that's another great reward that you'll enjoy but uh, bring, bring them here. Let me look at these antlers and see if they are as fascinating and phenomenal as they are rumored to be. Uh, I still have a hold of the rope. I'm going to... <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Gonna grab, I'm going to <laughs> grab one of the antlers and kind of just, just toss it onto the table he has. and I assume it's relatively large uh, and I'm strong so hopefully i can do it yeah uh, but i'm gonna just toss it onto the table and be like there there's your prize the last of its kind make a strength check while this is going on you guys see like a little magical hand appear uh, out of nowhere and it starts just like shuffling the coins that fell out back into the bag <laughs> nice and then the bag it picks up the bag and it brings it over to uh davin uh, nice. <laughs> uh joxer is very specifically looking over at uh um at craig's Okay. All right. So your strength check was a, ooh, a twenty. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So you grab it and you toss it up, and it. There's three tables. You're sitting at table two. It lands on table one, which is nearest him, and uh, kind of the table kind of creaks under the weight of these things as uh, these are big and 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 heavy antlers. Uh, he just kind of gives you a glance like a like a side eye look like well I, I guess that's what i asked kind of and starts stepping towards the antlers to inspect them um he looks down at them and and he says uh he says i'm i'm pleased i'm pleased these are these are fascinating look at how pristine and perfect they are i i i knew they'd be something but i i never i never imagined them to be this beautiful uh they are going to make they are going to make a great trophy i'm going to hang them right behind my chair right behind my throne back there uh that's that's uh, question or sorry um I, is there uh, how much gold would i have seen kind of strewn about just as a curiosity like how much fell out yeah like it, it, it if i were to try to guesstimate how much did they give with that title very rough well Without just like counting what's in the size of the bag and seeing the coins kind of 
flop out eight or ten coins probably flopped out um you're guessing it's about it's probably between three to five hundred gold pieces Okay. I am. Gwendolyn is angered. She is super, super okay. enraged. Okay. Um, she. What does she do? <laughs> she. She's gonna go up and because Craig's only through one antler, right? Yeah. Are they connected or? Okay. Uh, they're 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 attached. So like they're just both of them with the the big skull plate keeping them attached to each other. Okay. So. Yeah, we took uh, them as one. Gwendolyn is going to go up and touch the antler, and while she's touching it, uh, she's going to use Dispel Magic to see if she could just make them not great anymore. Okay. And she looks him in the eye and says, enjoy your trophy, and doesn't even stutter. She's so pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She's so mad. (laughs) I'm going to say, I'm going to tell, say, uh, are you just walking up... Are you trying to like keep his attention with what you're saying, or are you yes. like making a making a show of grabbing these antlers? Uh, no, I'm barely touching these antlers. Okay, okay. So make a sleight of hand check as you go to touch the antlers. Oh God, let's see how this goes. Oh no. <laughs> Best roll of the night. A four. Dale also touches the antlers. <laughs> <I'm joking>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a four. Uh, so he sees you, your hand go down, go towards the antlers, and he just kind of, not not a super aggressively, uh, he reaches down to grab your arm. Um, do you want to pull away? Do you want what do you want to do there? Uh, uh, he definitely saw you reaching for the antlers, and he's reaching out to try to grab your arm. You can try to make like a. a I guess it would be a dexterity saving throw or something to pull your arm away real quick, or you can just continue with your motion to see what he does. I'm going to continue with my motions. Okay. So he grabs your arm and just holds it just an inch before you touch the antlers. And he looks you in the eyes and you say, enjoy your trophy. And yeah, you don't have to touch it. So he, but he doesn't know what you're doing. So he, uh, sick. He holds on to your wrists and he looks at you and he says, he says, yes, yes, of course, my trophy. <laughs> and kind of places your hand kind of um, not, how do I explain this? Not like forcefully puts your hand, like sets your hand back up against your your own side, like sets it there. But it's kind of sleazy like, you know, like a sleazy guy. Uh, it, it's uncomfortable, and he he slides your hand back over to you. Uh, and if you can do me a favor, make an ability check with your spell casting ability for me. How do I? As you cast dispel magic on this, so you just oh, you just roll and uh, add your spell casting modifier to it. Oh, I see. Here it comes. 12. A 12. Okay. So you reach down, you cast Dispel Magic on the antlers, and you are not... You you know you cast the spell, but you, you are not sure if it took effect or not. You don't know right now at this point. But you, f- you feel good that you cast it and got away with casting it. 
she immediately like jerks away from him and wants to walk out. And what? And and let's see that spell just real quick has a verbal component to it. What do you say when you cast the spell? Was it was it the enjoy your trophy? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Were you gonna say something, Davin? Uh, just gonna say, Davin kind of notices the tension, of the situation, and he wants to try and alleviate. It says to, he's like, "Well, fellas, lady, I uh, believe that we have some other plans coming our way. Uh, Mister Hunt, sir, uh, if there's nothing else that you need from us, we'll be on our way." And he kind of gives like a like one of those really curtsy kind of bows, where it's he's going a little overboard with it as he starts backing okay. up out of the room. Okay, he says, he says, "One moment, one moment. You forgot the most important part." Oh, I got the money right here, sir. He jingles he, the he bag. He snaps. <laughs> He says, oh, I see, <laughs> and snaps, and the the woman who served you your drinks real quick mm-hmm. runs over to him and, and pulls out uh, pulls out something from a little pouch at her side and hands them to him, and uh, he walks up to eat. He actually places a little golden coin into uh, Gwendolyn's hand first. He grabs your hand, again, like real sleazy-like, and puts a coin in your hand, and he walks up, and he hands a coin to to reaches out with a coin to hand to Kriggs and to hand to each of you uh, to Davin as well as to Joxer and uh, do you all just take them sure okay so he yeah. he hands you these I don't know you guys are a little intense right now so I don't know what you're going to do when he tries to hand you these things well Gwendolyn's <laughs> still staring at him in the eyes she hasn't yeah. lost eye contact <laughs> total stank eye going on that's good He's Um, yeah. Joxer is like it's just laying in his open palm. He's kind of yeah. Okay. Very blankly. Perfect. Well, these coins, uh, they have a golden sword emblazoned on them. They're they're a silver coin with a gold like rim on the outside and a golden sword on the inside of them, uh, on the inside of the coin and. uh, on the back side, the sword has. On one side, there's just the sword. On the back side, there's the sword, and it has a hand hanging onto the sword. Uh, and so he, he. And there, are, there are some runes on the back side as well, just little etchings. But he, af- after you take the coins, he says, um, he says, these are your marks uh, of the hired sword. This uh, shows that you have done. What has been asked of you, and you are now a part of our fine fellowship of warriors. Thank you for coming. Thank you, and and please, if you have questions, uh, you may speak here to Tomba. And he he points over to the little halfling. He says, "Tomba here will be able to help you with anything you need, uh, and you may uh, you may go now." Thank you. And he turns and walks over towards the back towards the uh, the seat and the woman who has been serving everything goes and tries to pull the antlers down off the off the table and he says careful careful Ugh, like that and uh then tombo runs up to you guys the the same little old halfling man he grabs a a thing and a, a goblet a, a cup and he pours mead into it and just downs the whole thing sets it on the table and he says follow me please and walks out the front door uh, Joxer is going to take the drink that was uh, poured, and he's going to he's going to chug it, and probably be a little bit more judging than normal folk would. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's sweet mead, so it's you know it's whatever, however you feel about that, um, and it, it's 
better sweet mead than some, but it's not the best you've ever had of anything, any kind of drink. So Gavin eh. doesn't drink it at all. I don't yeah. drink. He he uh, he leaves it on its side, um, so any dribbling is going to go on the tasty. Okay, <laughs> that's his sign <laughs> for disapprove. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, I'm gonna approach Davin, and just kind of still looking at this coin. I feel compelled to stick around a little bit longer. Things might be less concrete than they think. You mean stick around town, yeah? Well, obviously I want to help out our friends who are in dire need, but uh, there could be there could be some interesting things around here. You seem to be a little bit savvy, if you, you catch what I'm getting at. Well, I'm, uh, I'm kind of on the same page as you are. I think maybe sticking around for a few days and see. First of all, I could use the money. Second of all, uh, I think there's a little bit more going on to this town than we uh, even realize. Definitely, there could be a bit of a shake-up. I'm always a friend of mystery anyways. Hmm. And he's going he's gonna to put the coin in his pocket. He's like, plus we have some money here to div- divvy up. But let's go back to the comp first. I, I'd suggest we head back. Great. Uh, I'll follow Tomba first and see what Tomba has to say. Okay. Um... So as you follow Tomba out, he's already started explaining and talking to you. Um, <clears throat> and so Tomba, uh, as as you kind of catch up to him, he catch up to him. You kind of catch him as he's already started his sentence. Uh, licensed now to uh, to take hunting commissions. You're officially accredited by the Hired Swords League. That that means the chief, anyone else in town. Travelers visiting to in town, they can hire you and you can do work for them. People don't hire hunters that aren't this commissioned. This work, is it always... <laughs> this work, is it always extinguishing the flame of the last of its kind? I don't know. I, um, usually it's just... Usually it's just killing a creature or finding someone or something in the woods, usually. But, uh, the, yeah. Uh, Joxer, Joxer kind of I- intercedes and, and, and he's, um, to, uh, he, he kind of walks up and looks a little annoyed, but he, he's, um, is this required work or is it only things that we signed up for? Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, no, you, you sign up, but now that, now that you've been commissioned, you, you accept whatever jobs are in town. You can see the postings in the cabins, the nobleman's cabins. You can. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, made, voice, I made really poor choices on voices for some of these guys. Um, hey, he says you can. Me. Yeah. Yeah. But you thought that I was dead. Um, <laughs> he just croaks over. <laughs> yeah. And new, new NPC for you to talk to who doesn't sound like that. Okay. Uh, no, he says, um, uh, he says, no, you can, you can be hired by anyone in town. It's, it's not like that. It's, it's sometimes the chief will have special missions. They, those pay the best. Uh, but usually most, most of the newer teams like yourselves, they just start asking around and getting jobs from whoever's around. I used to work under contracts all the time. This is nothing new for me. I'll explain it to the fellows if they have some confusion. You understand then. Perfect. Yeah. Contracts. I think that's a word some people use for it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. 
Yeah. So so specifically, we will never be asked to do things that we did not accept. It, yeah, for the most part. It, it, yeah, most most people for don't. The most part. Most people don't turn down the chief. I I, I will say that it, you you usually do what the chief asks. Why? Well, I don't I don't rightly know. I, I I've just never seen anyone turn down what the chief asks. He pays well. He he gives the best jobs and and usually usually makes you a powerful powerful in the town here if if you do what he asks you to do you don't say no to power that's one thing i've learned in life that's true I, I just especially kinda, around here i i just kind of uh, i pat uh tomba on the back and of course that makes sense and i just kind of walk i i just kind of walk ahead and start toward the camp because i don't okay. care gwendolyn okay. follows she's angry yeah, yeah, sure. I just want to hear anything about it. Sure. Davin kind of hangs out for a minute, like awkwardly, like, well, um, it was a cool talking to you, sir. Uh, bye now. <laughs> he just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> Good day. Tomba oh, <laughs> says, uh, thank you. Come again. <laughs> and he turns and runs off towards the tower. Actually, he kind of dawdles off towards the tower with his uh, cane. Can see him. Run. I see him as a scuttler. Yeah, he's got a He's got a cane. He's a real old-looking halfling man. As we uh, as we're walking back, I'm gonna open up the pouch and I'm gonna take a rough count about how many coins are in there. Okay. Um, there's in a rough count. There's about 550 gold in there. Well, uh, if we want to split this up evenly, we're gonna have to do a little bit of math. It's, looks like it's probably about 550 gold split four ways. That's not in my territory. <laughs> you should you should split it three. I don't I don't want any. It's blood money for sure, but it's still money, and we all need it to live. <sighs> That's what <laughs> she's just signed. Just on the side. Yeah. <laughs> this is like her first like ever job that she's ever done, and it didn't feel right. She just none of they never do. Honestly, yeah. it never first jobs did. are always the worst jobs. Second jobs, third jobs, just <laughs> buckle in. Just buckle up. <laughs> Welcome to adulting. <laughs> um, Joxer is just going to kind of go back to and say, if it, you know, if if you could just hand me a, a hundred gold, that'll be for what I handed off to the the two to repair their gear or replace their gear. And then 50 for whatever ingredients I need for my next batch. You guys can split the rest. Well, I've never seen so many people before who are so um, immune to the, the money. It's a little strange, but all right, we'll split it up. But any way you guys want to, I'll split it up. And, and he, 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 I'll just be like, uh, I've, I, I see you've never hung around monks before. I'll, I'll admit you're my first. I'm probably the greediest of the monks whenever it comes to that stature. Well, it'll be interesting to meet the rest someday, then maybe. Tell me, do you uh, ever go back your way up to whatever it is you came from? It's a, it's a bit of a mixture of a story there. Um, where I came from is from money, and where I was sent to was from a monastery, so there's a bit of an interesting concept. So it kind of makes sense a little bit that you would only take half of it. 
Jocks are just kind of nods. Um, we go back to the camp, and I'm going to uh, take an official count of all of the money, and I'll split it up and give give Joxer his hundred gold. Um, okay. So it was five hundred fifty. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah, so uh, you'll have the four hundred and fifty to split between whatever you want to do. Okay, so I give everyone else one hundred and fifty each, and that's an even amount. Yep. Okay. He did math. Awesome. <laughs> I, I used a calculator. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I tried to make they it easy math for you. Yeah. In D and D. No. Yeah. They. It's called the sun. No. I don't know how that works. That's a clock. All right. Yeah, so I'm gonna say that'd be an interesting math problem. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Mr. Sun. Yeah. What? what yeah. Seventeen plus. <laughs> yeah. Four hundred fifty divided by the sun is <laughs> hot. Um. <laughs> so you are all headed back to camp now. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, so. Yeah, we're headed that way. Okay. We'll see what the other so other headed back to the doing. sure headed back to the adventurers camp. They are you see uh, they're still not back yet. Uh, your time with the chief was pretty quick, and uh, so they're not back yet. But they're uh, after just a few minutes of waiting, ten fifteen minutes of waiting, and kind of getting your you know splitting up your money and and whatever you they do start you do see them kind of in the distance walking down the pathway towards you. And uh, they look a little more put together than they did, less disheveled. Uh, a new, a new uh, black breastplate on Edie she's wearing. Uh, and they approach you and they say, they say, so um, <clears throat> shall, we, uh, shall we leave immediately? We, we only have a few hours of daylight left. Gwen's attitude changes and she's like, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm... I'm prepared. I have nothing more here that I need. Uh, I Great. think we should get to your friend. Great. I, I, I think Vip can take care of himself, but every minute wasted is potential of losing him forever. Yeah, so so Joxer is only going to make one comment um, uh, saying that he needs to unload uh, a, hand, a handle of meat uh, because I okay. don't think it's going to last very long. Okay. Uh, there's still there's still individuals hanging around the camp, right? Not just the the, the few of us. Correct. There's several townsfolk who are uh, just keeping the fire going and and doing the. All right. So so Joxer is just kind of like gonna uh, go off into a corner and ask for um, uh, Kriggs and and whoever wants to help, but he he wants to unload the uh, the meat that he has and kind of bring it to the camp and then and then be ready to head off. Okay. So that takes you just a few more minutes. Uh, Edie and Marias are kind of pacing while you do it. Understandably, though, like they're they're not they're not being jerks about it. They just they understand what you're trying to do. It's not going to last two two or more days of travel. So they're right. they're they're just kind of waiting impatiently, but but understandingly. And then once you're done, uh, they they're very quick to kind of okay, they just start walking out of, out of the camp towards the path into the forest. Cool. I'm. Uh, I will follow along. Yeah. Okay. So they uh, they are walking with you down the pathway, and uh, you walk for uh, a little a little while, probably half hour or so. And just like your journey south, as you're walking pretty much directly eastward into the wilds, is what this forest is called. Uh, you you do see that the trail kind of just ends 
and it kind of comes to just being able to kind of find little animal trails to to see whether or not you can kind of stay on path. Edie and Marias, however, are seem to be pretty good at this. Uh, Marias especially is uh, pretty good. He every now and then he'll take a knee and kind of uh, look through the you know look across the brush and stuff, and then kind of wave everyone in a direction. So, are you guys just going to follow their lead or? Uh, yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. Um, know where can, can can I make like just an insight check just to make sure there's nothing? I, I I know it seems out of just just an oddball kind of concept just to make sure there's nothing weird going on. Yeah, sure. Make an insight check on on one of them in particular, or the two of them as a whole, or uh, probably the I'll I'll say Edith. Um, currently she seems to be the most, uh, and then that was a 13. So nothing super insightful. Yeah. Uh, they seem to be genuine, but you get the sense that they're very panicky. Okay. Yeah. Very panicky. They're in panic mode. Yeah, no, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, no. So I, I don't, I, I just follow along. I'm, I'm not trying to, okay. I'm here to help. Okay. So they continue walking until it's pretty dark. Uh, I mean, we're talking past sundown. They're continuing to go still. It seems as though they don't want to stop. They want to continue in the darkness, trying to track down where they had this encounter, where they lost Vip. Hey, Marais, about uh, how much longer do you think it's going to be? Do you think we need to set up camp for the night? Well, if if we... He stops and looks at you and he says, if we camp for the night, then... Uh, then we we won't be there till uh, it'll take us another half a day. I, I think I think if we if we travel through the night, we'll be there by sunrise. And Edie's like, yes, there's no time to spare. Uh, I I just I just don't I just don't know what we'll what we'll find. I uh, understand what you're getting at here, but at the same time, uh, we don't want to put ourselves in a situation where we're not going to be at our strongest if we have to fight this thing as well. Yeah. I, I guess I, I, I just I'm no stranger to uh, Mariah says no, I'm no no stranger to marching through the marching through the night to battle. You know I, I, I lived that way for so long. But if if we need to take a rest, you're probably not wrong, Edie. What do you think? And Edie's like, I don't. I think we need to keep going. We need to keep going. Uh, you can make a persuasion check if you'd like. Well, I look to the rest of the group. I says, what What do you guys think? Should we try and keep going? And uh, Jack's just gonna kind of look over and be like, Does Does any uh, 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 do do any of you have any uh, uh particular abilities of light? If if anything, uh, at minimum, just finding where we're supposed to be entering a hole or or finding the the area would would be nice to do before taking a rest. I uh, mean, I could light a torch. Uh, we torch is about the best all we have, at least from my perspective. I I I I could possibly help with that. I um I cast daylight on Dale. Okay. Okay. Oh jeez. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now Gwendolyn is holding. Gwendolyn is holding this little bright beacon glowing. Little rodent Tech creature. Derby MVP. 
and just and sh- and she's just holding it out like a flashlight to light <laughs> to light your way. Um, yeah, just <laughs> lights coming out of its eyes and mouth, just like a flashlight. <laughs> oh, just oh yeah. no. could could I, could could Joxer also use mate like? Ask permission, but potentially ask, you know, use Mage Hand to just kind of hold it out in front of the group. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You yeah. want to hold Dale? Oh. Um, I, mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to lift up. I'm going to use Mage Hand to, to lift it up. How far away? Mage Hand goes 30 feet. So 30 I'll push feet. it out like 20, 25 feet in front of us. Okay. <laughs> and, and see if I can lift it up a little in the air, too. So it's just like basically a little mini sun above us. When she, when she sees Dale get lifted into the air, she's like, good luck, D- Dale. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, the downside is I can only do this for about a minute. Uh, I, I, I can, uh, Joxer also has mage hands, so he can he can push that along. Oh, in, in once, that by all means, go right ahead. Yeah, so so once your minute is left over, then I suppose that I can... Uh, uh, okay. like the other minute. So I, I walked down for 60 <laughs> seconds <laughs> and then it off. Literally just sits there, just kind of like laughing to himself. I've seen it all now, I think. <laughs> it's like hot potato with a taxidermy. <laughs> hot potato hot with Every minute it switches mage hands. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it aloft. <laughs> Not That's to great. be weird, but you know, a monk can use mage hands sometimes. <laughs> I didn't know that was something you could do. That's something <laughs> I didn't know a, a monk could do mage hands. That's pretty impressive, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, there's a there's a couple of stories in my lifetime, I suppose. All right, I guess we continue on. Okay, so as you continue forward. Um, We've got this line of adventurers kind of single file going through the forest with a <laughs> a beacon of a – is he a gerbil? He's a chipmunk. A chipmunk. A chipmunk yeah. beacon glowing in front of you, lighting the way. Uh, Edie and, Edie and uh, Marius are, are walking – along kind of even up there with this chipmunk and keeping an eye out and uh you and then behind walk- them me and jocks are sitting there going three two one your turn <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, okay back and forth back and forth and you start to feel the spell start to start to subside and so you have to shift it over it's a cantrip right yes mm-hmm. so you guys could just do this all night uh will somebody please <laughs> roll a d20 for me Briggs is in much better spirits, having seen all of this play out. <laughs> Quindlin is of, like... <laughs> a lot of his frustration is just kind of like passing, and he's kind of just laughing to himself. <laughs> oh, I've seen it all. Eleven. Okay. You, uh, as you are walking through through the forest... You all can have a. You all can see pretty good through what through a, you know, forty sixty feet ahead of you in all in all directions, and you are able to kind of walk through, find the trail pretty easily, and it seems to be you, you, the light had basically a fifty percent chance. You feel like of either 
just scaring anything that could be in the woods away from you or attracting something to you. And at this point, it seems like you have done the first thing. You have seemed to scare off anything as you guys walk down uh, the forest with this chipmunk beacon ahead of you, <laughs> headed towards where this ten some, out of ten this this some sort of uh, uh, underground burrowing creature has taken one of your new friends, and you're traveling to try to rescue or at least avenge him. We're going to take Dale a break might be now. my hero at this point. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Good old Dale. <laughs> oh my Dale, God. Dale, the non uh, sentient familiar. Uh, Part of we... me just wants to just look at everyone oh. and be like, that's my best friend. Oh my God. <laughs> that's my best I know him. Hey guys, it's me, Kriggs. <laughs> We've still got more episode for you. Uh, I just wanted to pop in here and thank you all so much for listening to our stories so far. We actually have a ton of content waiting to release. Uh, but for now, we're going to keep to a weekly schedule. Uh, just for a while, see how it feels. See how much of the story we can actually fit into an episode while also giving us time to work on production quality actually work on the episodes themselves and make sure everything is as best as it can be for you guys. Uh, we do super appreciate all that have followed us on Facebook and Twitter at The Hired Swords. Uh, if you haven't yet, you can find us on both currently by searching The Hired Swords, uh, or you can find links to both on our website at thehiredswords.com. Uh, we are going to start using both platforms to engage with you guys, the audience. Uh, give you guys a chance to help us shape the world a little bit. Uh, if you're interested in naming a character, uh, tweet at us at hashtag THSCast or send, a send us a message at The Hired Swords on Twitter or Facebook with, uh, with your ideas. Michael, our DM, will be able to fill the world out uh, with cameos, with your ideas. That'll be pretty rad. Uh, one last thing, and then I'll let you get back to the episode. Uh, I personally wanted to say thank you again for listening. Uh, if you enjoy what we're doing, you know, tell a friend about us. Get the word out. The Hired Swords are coming to town. Or, I mean, at least <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts at for now. Uh, Alright, I'll shut up. <laughs> enjoy the rest of the episode. Riggs out. As you are walking through the forest with this Dale Beacon, as I've said, you nothing seems to be stalking you or after you. So you walk through the night, and as you walk through the night, you are your you you do make it uh, to about right about sunrise. There's still a bit of a twilight in the air as the sun's coming up. And you find your way to a open uh, a, a place where the, the trees get more sparse. And there's trees that have fallen down on the ground. There's, there's more kind of stones and rocks and stuff here. Uh, and you, you find all of those things. 
and or you see all those things here and there are also holes in the ground here and they are big holes like big enough for a couple of you to fit inside of if you were to both go in and as you approach everyone make perception checks as you walk into this area oh boy Let's do perception. Nineteen. Davin got eleven. Perception got twenty. Hey, you're rolling up in the world. Ooh, wow, everyone rolled pretty good. Davin, stop looking right. at the flowers. All right, so, so <laughs> it's it's his turn to hold aloft the, the, the taxidermy. <laughs> yeah, so that's why he's not paying attention. He's paying attention and holding up. Uh, so Gwendolyn, Dav- Davin. And no, Gwendolyn, Kriggs, and Joxer all see floating above you. At first, you think, why is Dale back here? But instead, you realize that it's not Dale. You're seeing these random little floating balls of light up in the trees, kind of hovering in and out through the branches. And they seem to be kind of all around you and closing in on you a little bit um and as they are kind of uh just kind of around they're just hovering they don't seem to be coming down to your level they're they're hovering about 25 feet or so up above you Uh, but they're they're uh they're definitely seeming to gather in your general area at the moment you you want to, anybody want to do anything in particular? Uh, I'll say um, I'll, I'll kind of go up to Davin and and kind of touch his shoulder and kind of try to bring Dale backwards with my mage hand. Okay, like so the like it'll be at like our our area instead of being ahead of us. Try okay. to. I get what he's doing, and I help him bring it back down toward Gwen. Okay, yeah. so the your. Beacon of Hope, who is Dale, comes down towards uh, you guys and is, is there with you all now. And as, as your light source approaches you, uh, you hear a rumbling sound. <laughs> and this rumbling sound as a new pile of dirt appears uh, ahead of you. And uh, all at this, at this sound, all these glowing little orbs of light that are up in the trees kind of go up above the tree line a little bit where you can still see them but they're up at the tops of the tree line and then this creature emerges from underground and it is a big giant uh big giant insect looking creature with giant mandibles and big arms and he's got a big like spine going down his back on his exoskeleton with big antennae on his head and uh, he digs his way out of this dirt the dirt falls off of him and and kind of scatters across the ground and it it looks at all of you and it starts to make a beeline towards the first person ahead of him what order are you guys standing in i know we had been in the very back yeah now that i said it make it a beeline i'm at the very back no i'm I'm pretty sure jockster and Davin would have probably been in the front, yeah, because we're trying to hold the. Uh... Well, I I had already said though that Edie and Marias were trying to uh, stay up right with. Oh yeah, where... yeah, yeah. So so at least okay. more so we'd forward. be right behind them. Yeah. Okay. 
So it's going to make a beeline towards Marius, and it just and tries to grab Marius. I need everyone to make a charisma saving throw. Ooh. Except, oh, no. nope, everybody has to make a charisma saving throw. Yikers. Oh. Uh, 21 for Devin. Natural 24. 20. Four for Gwen. So 21, oh, no. 21, 24, and a four for Gwendolyn. <laughs> uh, so, Gwendolyn, um, you are... Uh, this is charisma save. You're currently, you currently can't take any reactions until the start of your next turn, which will you'll have to skip. You, you can't take reactions until your turn, uh, okay. and and then I have to roll to see what you do on this turn. You have you've been you've fallen victim to this creature's confusing gaze, um, and nothing about my nat twenty would help that. Yeah, no, no. No, nat twenties on skill saves or checks, sir. Okay, just just making sure. Are just twenty plus whatever the modifier is. And is but, Dale over our area, or do I have Dale in my hands? He's there. Uh, uh, I don't know, Joxer and David. Did you give him to Gwyn, or did you? I I was bringing him back to Gwyn. Yeah, yes, so between the, that was the that was the intention to bring bring it back to her. So if it made it okay. to her oh. in the time frame, then yes. So I'm okay, holding so, Dale. Yeah, you're holding Dale. This creature okay. then makes three attacks at makes three attacks at uh, Marius. First one misses. So the first swing, he swings. This creature swings its claws down at Marius, and when he does, uh, Marius throws up his weapon and kind of parries its claw off. But the creature's other claw comes down and strikes Marius, and does. Nine damage to Marius's face. And then it attacks with its mandibles on its front of its face real quick. Next. Oh boy, this guy's got a lot of attacks. And this attack. Three attacks. This attack, if it hits, 15 does not hit. So recoiling from this claw attack on Marius, he's able to avoid the mandible attack and... That is going to put us in initiative. Oh boy. Oh god. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh. Halt! Who goes there? Just kidding, I knew it was you. Seems our heroes may have bit off way more than they can chew. Can Dale light their way to another victory? Can our heroes get to VIP in time? Well, that's for me to know and for you to find out. Be sure and tune in next week. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Hired Swords or find links to both at thehiredswords.com. Be sure to tell your friends about the show and as always, thank you for listening.